Amen. Hey, once again, we are an exciting study, Voodoo, Vampires, and Rise of Demon Worship, part who knows how many, I lost count, of our gigantoid study called World Religions, Cults, and the Occult. And uh, we've already been taking a journey on this, seeing the existence of demons, the character of demons, the tactic of the demons. As you can see there, we took a detour and said the history of demons. How in the world do we get in the shape, not just in the world, but even in the church, where people are not listening to God anymore. They're actually trying to get advice, direction, and what have you with actual demons. It's crazy. So we took a look at that. Then we saw that was bad enough. It wasn't just that that's happening. We saw that the enemy's slick. He's repackaged spiritualism, which is basically seeking input uh, from demons instead of God uh, in a couple different ways, and it's sucking people up. We saw the first one was voodoo, right? People are being snookered into going into that, not listening to God, and these people get their information, their practices, their beliefs straight from the demon world, okay? And Christians are unfortunately getting snookered by it. Then we saw the last three times the second repackaging of spiritualism, and that is shamanism. And again, people here in the West are getting, they, he can't get you with voodoo, he gets you with this one. Okay, the enemy just doesn't stop. And so we begin to take a look at the definition of shamanism is an occult method, quote, where an individual, i.e. a shaman, attempts to, quote, solve problems through manipulation and contact with the, quote, spirit world. What's that? That's demons. Okay, so they admittedly, again, just like voodoo, they have to interact with demons to get their power, their information, things of that nature. They believe in animism, shamanism, just like voodoo, that everything is alive. The rocks, the trees, the fleas, the bees, to you and me and all that stuff. And each one has a supposed spirit that you can tap into for power. It's all demonic. Okay. And so then we begin to take a look at, well, how do they contact these demons, these spirits and things of that nature? Well, we took a look at the practitioners of shamanism. And one of the big ways that they do it is with drugs, including marijuana, as we had a whole study just on that. Okay, then we said, well, what else do they do? What other practices does shamanism do that gets people snookered into uh, co-mingling, interacting, and seeking direction from demons? Well, if it can't get you with the marijuana, the drug thing, they'll try to get you with shamanic healing. Okay, again, from being induced with uh, demons and demonic powers, basically the demonic version of healthcare. Now, how many guys would admit that the healthcare system is pretty messed up, except for, that's right, Holy Trinity Medical Practice, right next door. <laughs> right? Well, as bad as that is, how many guys would say demon healthcare probably isn't going to be much better? Uh, yeah, but that's really what it is, okay? So if he can't get you with drugs, he'll try to get you with this. Okay, that's why the shaman's known as what? The medicine man or the witch doctor. That's a big part of how they snooker people uh, into going along that. And then we saw last time, well, the enemy just persists. If he can't get you with the, the drugs, the marijuana to get you into shamanism or even the demon health care system, the shamanic healing, he'll get you with this, shamanic prophecies. And we saw one example. It's not the only one, but the famous ones, Hopi prophecies. And the reason why is because what does the word shaman mean? The one who knows. So if you need advice, you need wisdom, you need direction. Hey, that's right. Don't go to God. Apparently that's way too simple. Go to the shaman, and he'll tell you the future and how to be prepared. We saw that with the Hopi prophecies. What you saw in our text last time in Jeremiah, we'll be back there again shortly, but he said, God said, don't listen to these guys. Why? Because how do they get their information? Shocker, shamanic divination. The Hopi Indians used mescaline, peyote, and a whole list of other drugs to get into a drug-induced demonic state to supposedly get this information about the future. And, of course, it was wrong. It is full of lies because you're connected with demons, and that's what they do. So don't listen to them. But the enemy persists. If he can't get you with uh, that, he'll get you with uh, the Mayan prophecies, right? 
And, and man, those guys were so spot on. Then in 2012, the, the world came to an end. Remember that? It was hard. It took us, at least personally, about a year before we can get our house back up on the market and, and get yeah, whatever. Hello, what's wrong? Why? Because they do the same thing. The Mayans we saw, where do they get their information about the future? From demons, from drug use. The same thing as the Hopi Indians and shamanism done. Well, hey, if he can't get you with that, with the Mayan prophecies uh, or the Hopi prophecies, the shaman prophecy, he'll get you with the next one. Nose hair Damas. I mean, Nostril Damas. I mean, Nostril Damas, whatever his name is, right? And man, that guy's so accurate that the, the, the historical channel or heretical channel the history channel whatever you want to call it uh man they keep pumping out documentaries so he's so spot on. no he's not he gets it wrong all the time why because where did he get his information from demons and drugs the same procedure all of it right okay but then well okay if that's just still too occultish for you the hopi prophecies the mayan prophecies the nose hair damas prophecies then guess what he's repackaged it for the church and a whole bunch of people are being led astray with so-called charismatic prophecies god told me to tell you you ain't as spiritual as me because you don't know these secret techniques and i'm going to tell you what you need to do for the future all this baloney okay and the church is infatuated with that stuff uh, I don't need to listen to these guys and I shouldn't listen to these guys because I don't need a fresh word from God. Everything I need right here is all I need. You want to get a word from God? It's right here. And against what we saw, this isn't us just, you have a spirit of religiosity. You're resisting the new wave of spirit of God. And he's, no, I'm not. I'm reading the Bible. What a concept. Hebrews 1 says this, verse 1, in the past, key word, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times in various ways. But in the last days, he's spoken to us by his what? His son, where is the words of the son written down for you and I? Rhymes with the New Testament for those you're wondering because it's in the New Testament. Uh, hello. And so guess what? If I need a word from God in the past, that's all he had because they didn't have the Bible yet. Well, we got the Bible. So guess what? I don't need it today. You want a word from God? Read the Bible. You want to hear uh, out loud from God? Read the Bible out loud. That's it. That's all you need. But the charismatic church, once again, is pulling people into this. No, God told me to tell you and I had this vision and dream and he's, you know, no. And then we saw that's bad enough. There are no modern day prophets according to the scripture. Number one, just read the Bible. You'll be just fine. So that's mistake number one. But these guys, as we saw, they demonstrate that they're shocker false prophets because they get it wrong all the time. We saw that with Pat Robertson. We saw that Benny Hinn and a whole new crop of people that just doesn't stop. God told me to tell you and Trump's going to win the election and all that. You liars, right? And again, as we saw, you better be uh, very grateful that we're not under the old covenant because here's what God said, those who claim to be a prophet, Deuteronomy 18, 20 through 22, but a prophet who presumes to speak in my name, God says, anything I have not commanded him to say, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods must what? Be put to death. You, you may say to yourself, well, how, how do we know when a message is not spoken by the Lord? Common sense. If what a prophet proclaims in the name of the Lord does not take place or come true, that is a message the Lord has not spoken. Why? Because God doesn't lie. He doesn't get it wrong. He's holy. He doesn't sin. It's impossible for him to ever lie, right? Uh, that prophet, therefore, then has what? Spoken presumptuously. Do not be afraid of him. Yeah, but they told me, how dare you call my name out in public? You shouldn't do that to other Christians. Touch not thine. I don't care. Don't be afraid of him. You need to call these guys out on the carpet. That's why these guys just don't stop. Because they keep saying, God told me to tell you and I had a prophecy in the future. And this is, this is the year. And they keep getting away with it. And that's why we saw in our last text, Jeremiah 27, 9 through 10, what did God say? So do not listen to what? Your prophets. Why? Because they're also diviners. That's where they get their information from. It's not from God. Your interpreters of dreams, your mediums or your sorcerers. Why? Because they prophesy what? Lies to you. Okay? So stop listening to them. But hey, 
The enemy's very persistent, okay? If he can't fool you with uh, getting snookered into shamanic practices, repackaged, also known as marijuana usage, uh, and if he can't get you into demon healthcare with shamanic healing, okay? And if he can't get you what we saw last time with uh, demon prophecies, uh, even though there are no prophets today, uh, then he'll get you with the next one, and that is shamanic dream interpretations. Good thing the church isn't infatuated with that. Yeah, we'll see that, unfortunately, tonight. This is the other thing that God said, don't listen to. Stick with the Bible. What God says, you can't be steered in any direction wrong. But even here, the church is getting played uh, from the same community, unfortunately. But again, let's go back to that text and look look at the other things that God says. Don't listen to these guys. You're going to be led astray Every single time, okay? Once again, Jeremiah 27, we're going to read verses 1 through 10. Jeremiah, of course, was written by Jeremiah, Jeremiah you biblical scholars. Give yourself a golf clap, right? Not, not a full clap, just a little, little golf clap, a little, little patty there. It's awesome. Right. Isn't that amazing? Have you ever, why do they always whisper on golf? Just something to do, Ron? Is it? Right, I, should, I should get an announcer. It's got like you know, like a drum cage, like what we got, so you can yell and speak a natural voice or something. Maybe they get into it more. Okay, never mind. I digress. So we're there. Jeremiah twenty-seven. I bought you enough time tonight. That's right. No excuse for not following along. Jeremiah twenty-seven, verse one says this: Early in the reign of Zedekiah, son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came to Jeremiah from the Lord. This is what the Lord said to me. Make a yoke out of straps and crossbars and put it on your neck. Then send word to the kings of Edom, Moab, Ammon, Tyre, and Sidon through the envoys who have come to Jerusalem to Zedekiah, king of Judah. Give them a message for their masters and say, this is what the Lord God Almighty, the God of Israel says. This is uh, to your masters. With my great power, God says, an outstretched arm, I, God, made the earth and its people and the animals that are on it. And I give it to anyone I please. How many guys say, God, he's going to do whatever he wants to do? Right? That's pretty much what that means. Right? He's going to, he made it. He made the rules. Right? He brought us in. He could take us out. Right? Here it is. Now, I will hand all your countries over to my servant Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. I will make even the wild animals subject to him. All nations will serve him and his son and his grandson. And of course, that's exactly what happened if you know history. Okay, up until the, the, the grandson, until the time his land comes. So again, God's not condoning any of the evil, of Nebuchadnezzar, whatever, but he's using him as a tool. And then uh, guess what? When he gets out of line, guess what? God raises somebody else to teach him a lesson, right? He's consistent no matter who it is, right? And then it says, then many nations and great kings will be, uh, subjugate uh, him. Now, if, however, any nation or kingdom will not serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, or bow its neck under his yoke, I will punish that nation with sword, famine, and plague, declares the Lord, until I destroy it by his hands. So, therefore, that's what God says is going to happen, right? It's coming. Uh, it's, can you guess that it probably was not a popular message to the people of Israel? Guess what? You're in trouble. God's going to use somebody to bring a spanking to you, all right? I know you don't want to hear this, but here's what he said. Don't do do not, what? Listen to your what? Your prophets, your diviners, your what? Interpreters of dreams. And what else? Your mediums or your sorcerers who will what? Tell you, you will not serve the king of Babylon. In other words, what are they going to do? Tell you the exact opposite of what God says. going to tell you what you want to hear. They're going to tickle your ears. Right? He says this. They prophesy what? 
lies to you that will only serve to what? Remove you far from the lands. I, God says, will banish you and you will what? Perish. Perish. How many guys would say perish is kind of a big motivational thing? Just maybe I shouldn't do that. Yeah, banish is one thing, but man, you could die from this? Absolutely, and believe it or not, we're going to see that uh, tonight. But God gives, again, a strong warning to never listen to people who what? Who are involved in occult practices, including shamanism. Why? Because he says, here's all you're ever going to get 100% of the time because they're connecting with demons. They're going to lie to you. That's what demons do. What do you expect? Right? They're going to lead you astray. And as he said there, they're going to say the exact opposite of what God says. Right? That is, in, in, in fact, again, that's what we saw last time. This is exactly what the church is infatuated with. They don't want to hear the God's truth anymore, but you got to keep the show going because you're supposed to be Christian and you got to do something on Sundays, right? So what do they do? Quote, a time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. They don't want to hear the Bible and the context is the church. Instead, to suit their own desires, they're going to what? Gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Itching, again, kinetho in the Greek, it means to desire only that which is pleasant. So they gather around themselves, guys in the pulpit, that only tell them pleasant things. Right? They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Is muthos, it literally means stories made up. How do you know you're living the last days? When all you get from the pulpit is a bunch of stories made up and only pleasant things. What did I just describe? The bulk of the church today. They don't want to hear about it. Even after the, the COVID pandemic, I'll, I'll just share this real quick. Uh, one lady, she started coming here to Sunrise after that first year. And uh, because she was, uh, it took a year. Some are just still longer than that were closed here in Vegas. Uh, and then she couldn't wait to get back. And this is what she told me. She says, Pastor B, I was so glad. I was so sick and tired of watching just online. Couldn't wait to get back to my church and whatever. And she said, uh, she said, and I get back there that first Sunday. And she says, I was just so excited because I, I, I just knew, okay, we were going to discuss as the church biblically, how do we respond to this? What just went on? How do we react to this? And how, how do we, you know, what, what, you know, give me some answers and all that stuff. She said, we get there and they did not even skip a beat. They acted like nothing happened. It was the same old pablum that they had before the whole COVID pandemic launched. It was just learn to be a better you. My cat in the fluffy grade, fluffy, love me. And don't you, let's hold each other in the old hand. She says, it made me sick. I wanted to vomit that even after all that, you still will not tell the truth. She said, I left. I couldn't, I couldn't go back. But this is the bulk of the church today, right? And this is what God says. Don't listen to these people that tell you the opposite of what I tell you. Listen, it may not be a fun message, but it's for your good. So don't, don't listen to these guys that tickle your ears, right? In fact, what he says there in the Hebrew, the word they're listening, it's not just listen, it's to hear and to obey. Don't just listen to them, but don't do what they say. They're going to lead you astray. Now, we saw last time he says two things that we dealt with, prophets and diviners. This time we're going to hit interpreters of dreams, which is the Hebrew word, kolom. Uh, and it means, listen, not one who just gives a meaning to the dream. It's a prophetic meaning. Right? And see, that's how you got to interpret it with a one eye squinted because it makes you spiritual. And then you go like this with sudden movements. Yeah. Mediums is the next one we'll deal with. Those who, to quote, make, who bring forth to, quote, conjure, of course, a demon. Sorcery, uh, kashaf means one who obviously practices witchcraft or sorcery. And here's what you're going to get. Lies. Shakur means to deceive, to lie, to defraud with falsehood. So why do you not listen to these guys? They lie. 
Because exactly, that's all you're going to get. Why? Because what they do is they listen to demons. Demons what? They lie. So they're liars. That's all you're going to get. They're going to lie. They're going to defraud you. They're going to lead you astray. Okay? And the results are not good. In fact, we saw there, it ends. You're not just going to be banished, which is bad enough, uh, God says to Israel in that context. But he specifically mentions this word. You will perish. You listen to this. You have the audacity to say, I belong to God. And you're not going to listen to him. And you're instead going to say, nope, I don't want to hear this. Absolutely not. Tell me again about that cat. You will perish. And it's the Hebrew word, abad, uh, and it will be abad, uh, to perish, to vanish, to be lost, to die, and to be exterminated. And we're actually going to see that tonight. We're going to see the fruit, believe it or not, of people who have the audacity to say, I belong to God. But they don't follow what God says. They follow basically warmed over shamanism, and people are dying. This is not a joke, right? You will perish. Okay, so again, let's take a look at how that's happening, the practices of shamanism. Again, the enemy just doesn't stop. If he can't get you into shamanism, uh, that, you know, with repackaging drug usage to connect you with demons via marijuana, uh, and if he can't get you through shamanic energy healing with the demonic healthcare practices, if he can't get you last time with the false prophets and, and, and false prophecies, okay, uh, then he'll get you with this next one. He mentions there specifically interpreters of dreams. Because who needs the Bible? Apparently, that's too easy. You know what you need to do? Go to something absolutely, completely subjective that anybody could fill in the blank that can mean anything called a dream. And there you go. There's your sure word of direction in life. Of course, you'd think, well, who would ever do that? I'm telling you, folks, this is the latest rage, including the church. But let's take a look specifically with shamans. This is a big deal in shamanism. You know, it's not just with the drugs and the healing and the prophecies. <gasps> Pay attention to your dreams. There's a deeper meaning, right? And this is exactly what God warned about. Watch this example. Water dreams are fascinating, but also very, very important from shamanic perspective. And they could literally mean that your ancestors or spirit guides are trying to initiate you into a shamanic path. These dreams can, of course, take us different forms. So you could be dreaming about being in the river, being taken by the stream of the river, standing in the rain and being cleansed, or falling down the waterfall, or being in a massive depth of the ocean and drowning. It could be a tsunami. It could also be a rainbow because rainbow is also made out of water. So it could be that you're crossing the bridge of the rainbow. It could be that you are in a fog or some sort of mist. So again, water can take many, many forms. In a lot of shamanic traditions, water is incredibly important for different reasons. Especially in Siberian shamanism, water is considered as incredibly powerful portal to another realm. In general, water does very often describe our state of emotions but also it is a way of initiation it is a portal and it is an important tool of communicating from the spirit world to the person i actually do believe that spirits and ancestors will very likely to use water 
as a channel, as a channel of information, but also as a way to initiate you onto shamanic path. Maybe this will encourage you to look at them in a slightly different light because it could be that spirits or ancestors are really trying to communicate with you and trying to push you forward through that channel of initiations. Into what? You start going down this dream route and you're going to seek advice and wisdom and direction from that. What does she readily admit? That's the spirit of the ancestors trying to pull you into this initiative practice. What's that? Demons. Uh, demons. Because that ain't your dead aunt. Hello. So, the, so at least they're honest enough to admit it. But that's where this craze comes from. If you need wisdom, you need direction in life, just pay attention to your dream. And then, apparently you're not spiritual enough to figure it out. You need somebody with secret powers in order to provide not just the interpretation, but the prophetic interpretation, right? I don't think so. I read my Bible, and, and for some reason, it tells me to do this. Psalm 119, 105. Your word, i.e. God's word, the Bible is what? A lamp to my feet and a light to my path, right? Where, where do I go for direction as a Christian? What, 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 what lights my way in a dark world? What gives me wisdom? It's the word of God, not a dream. And did you even see what she said? How's this? I mean, when you guys need advice, don't you like it when it's like, it's concise, it's exactly, here it is, step by step, no wondering, no trying to figure it out. Or like, man, that was extremely vague. I have no idea. What do you, what? What? Right? You just want some, just give it to me, right? But it, the whole dream thing, did you even see what she said? Not only that, it's initiation thing into shamanic journeys, okay? They admit it, opens up the demon world. If that's your path, you're being snookered outside because you're going somewhere else than this. Okay, who do you think is inspiring that? But anyway, what'd she say? It could be this. It could be this. It could be this. It could, it could also be this. Oh, yeah, that's a sure direction for me. That helps out a lot, Bob. Not you, Bob, a different Bob. Right? I'm sure that lady's name was Bob. But anyway, right? There's nothing sure except when you, then when you read God's word, what is it? It's black and white. It does exactly what you should do, what you should not do. You don't have to wonder. And so the audacity of somebody say, I'm a child of God. And nope, apparently that's too complicated. I want to go to, well, maybe it means this. Maybe it means that. Maybe it means that. Maybe it could be that. Maybe it's that. And you hear people say today, well, God used dreams in the past to speak to people. That, you know, he can do it today. Well, he could. But based on the scripture, uh, I don't think that's what we need to rely upon. I didn't say it. He did. Let's read it again. In the past, key words there, yes, it wasn't written down. Yes, they didn't have a copy of the Bible yet. So what else are you going to do? That's what he had to work with at that time, in the past. Okay, God spoke to her ancestors through the prophets many times and in various ways. And some of those ways were dreams. But key transition there, in these last days, what has he done? He's spoken to us by his son, Jesus Christ, recording the Bible. God did use dreams and visions several times in the Bible to communicate people in the past, such as Abraham, Abimelech, Jacob, Joseph, Samuel, Solomon, Daniel, Zacharias, Ananias, Cornelius, Peter, Paul, and John. However, today, key words there, with the completion of the Bible, God does not have to use dreams and visions like he did before. Quote, our first stop should always be the Bible, not a dream. Why? Because again, in the past, that's how God did it, but not today. 
All I need is the Bible, man. A sure word. And it's just, I say this all the time. Since when did this not become good enough? Since when did I need more than this? That's the trick. That's the lie to get you off base. But hey, I'll tell you what. It's a good thing that in the morning the church today is encouraging people to, you know, don't listen to God's word and read the word for direction in life. Um, instead, you just need to uh, get a dream and, and, and then, then go to somebody more spiritual than you to give you a prophetic meaning of it. Yeah, of course, that's called sarcasm to make a point. You guys cut the... This is what I told you about last week if you're here. This girl claims that God gave her a dream about Will Smith to help us. I'm not joking. Watch this. Hey, YouTube. If you haven't seen any of my videos, uh, my name is Camille. Uh, I pretty much come on YouTube and I share dreams and visions that God gives me and leads me to um, share with other people. This particular dream was a dream that I had on July 14th, just yesterday. And um, it was about Will Smith. And um, I just wanna say, I, I love Will Smith. You know, I grew up as a little girl in the 90s watching Fresh Prince. You know, I, I think I've seen all the episodes. And, um, you know, I think that he's a great person. You know, this isn't a video um, to bash him or uh, down talk him or anything you know this is just a, a dream that god gave me and uh led me to share so um in my dream uh, will smith was um he was fighting very hard on my behalf for something and i wasn't exactly sure what it was he was fighting for that makes two of us Really? Don't read the Bible. Just wait for that day when God gives you a dream about, quote, Will Smith fighting on your behalf. Is your life more complete now? Do you have a sure direction? Do you have the wisdom you need now over this book to make it through life now? Because Will Smith came to you in a dream and he's fighting. Are you kidding me? We saw before in our Scientology study, he's got ties to Scientology, number one. And I quote, in 2018, Will Smith performed the Hindu rite Shiva in India. He also performed another ritual in the river Ganges. And he said that he feels a deep connection to Hindu spirituality and Indian astrology. And Smith and his family also met and spent time with Indian spiritual leader Sad Guru, uh, stating that he enjoyed the heartfelt conversations between him. And God supposedly gave you a dream that Will Smith uh, involved in that and those occult practices and those demon practices is going to fight on your behalf. I need that over the Bible. Are you kidding me? What did God say? Stop listening to these people with these interpreters of dreams, okay? Okay, and where did that dream come from? I'll tell you exactly where it came from. It didn't come from God, number one. It came from the media. When Will Smith did that slap thing, what did they play forever and ever and ever? And then all of a sudden, a person has a dream about that? And you, oh, it had to be from God. No! Think about it. When you dream, have you ever fallen asleep? Right, right after you uh, was watching TV, next thing you know, it's in your dream. Yeah. Or if you had the TV on, next thing you're oh, no, it was because there's something on the TV. Shut it off, right? 
Okay, but it's media generation uh, generated oftentimes through the dreams or external influences or conversations you had with people during the day or what you listen to or what you see on and on and on. In fact, the reality is this, folks. I think God gets blamed for a lot of stuff. God gave me, God told me to, for the stuff that he never did. And we know this, especially when you think about this example. Watch this. Well, we have certain sayings in the church, you know. That are overused, I think. You know, God gave me this, God gave me that. Now, God does give us things, absolutely. But sometimes we blame God for stuff he never did give us. <laughs> Folks, you know what I'm talking about. You ever been to church and a lady gets up to sing a song on Sunday? She's like, God gave me that song. <laughs> he gave it to me. <laughs> then she sings the song. you're thinking, maybe you should give it back. <laughs> maybe God didn't want you sharing that one, buttercup. <laughs> Hide it under a bushel. Yes! That was horrible. God gave it to me. No, it didn't. Start stacking chairs. That was unbelievably bad. God did give it. Something real bad happened in the transition phase, if you know what I'm saying. And so it is with these dreams, man. Come on. It's so easy. It's just a flippant way. Oh, God, get no eating. No. Just because you said it doesn't mean it's real. And then in this context, this lady launched a YouTube channel to, quote, give a dream for the week with interpretation. You want to do a service to the church? How about do a YouTube channel, read the Bible? Not just one day a week, every day of the week. What a concept. Right? Wouldn't that be a better service to people? Yes. Absolutely. Okay, but I'm not joking. I don't have time to, you can scroll yourself. I just took a screenshot. These God gave me a dream channels on just YouTube, supposedly from the Christian community. They are everywhere. God gave me, I just gave you one example. God gave me a dream about Will Schmidt. Are you kidding me? And people watch these things, man, instead of read the word, right? It's nuts. Okay, and this isn't just the YouTube channels. There's all kinds of so-called Christian books out there. How to interpret your dream. God gave you a dream. You better wonder how to interpret it. It could mean that you're going to be eating carrots next week. And, you're, it's, and then they'll do that. They'll buy that. They'll spend hours with this stuff instead of reading the Bible. You know what God says? Knock it off. Are you kidding me? You think that's better than my word? Jeremiah 27, 9 through 10. Stop it. Stop listening to your prophets, your diviners, your what? Interpreters of dreams or your mediums or your sorcerers. Why? Because they prophesy lies to you. It's all subjective. There's no way to test it. And then because it's subjective, just like the shaman at least was honest enough, it could be, it could be, it could be, it could be, it could also be, maybe, maybe, I don't know. And if you, the, I don't know about you, I don't want direction that way. I want something that's, give it to me straight, no questions asked. And you only get that with the Bible, okay? But that's not all. Uh, repackaged shamanism snookers people with using occult devices to improve these dreams. Because, after all, who wants to have bad dreams? So the same community, shamanism, that says, you need to pay attention to that dream and go to the shaman to get this prophetic meeting, actually uh, has devices, uh, occult paraphernalia, uh, to help you in the dream world state. And that's what these devices called dream catchers. Yep, and they look just like this. 
The Lakota people believe the air is filled with both good dreams and bad dreams. According to legend, good dreams pass through the center hole of a dream catcher and to the sleeping person. The bad dreams are trapped in the web and perish in the light of dawn. I sleep better with a dream catcher in my room. I have a dream catcher at my home in my room. I don't like sleeping without my dream catcher. I like dream catchers because um, they catch bad dreams and I like it hanging over my bed. I like dream catchers at home because they keep me safe. Notice not God. But hey, there you have it, folks. Very simple. If you just get a dream catcher, you can make sure that not only you, your kids. Kids always seem to have troubles with nightmares and stuff. Just get this occult paraphernalia, this, I mean, this uh, dream catcher thing, and don't pray to God. Don't read the word. Don't put that in their head. You know, don't do that before they go to sleep. Get a dream catcher. It's demonic. How many guys would say asking demons using demonic techniques and demonic paraphernalia to protect you, your loved ones, your kids from demonic activity at night probably won't work. Exactly. And again, it's a good thing the church is not involved in this. It's bad enough you're doing that interpretation and dream thing, those channels, but not this. This is crazy, folks. There's now so-called Christian dream catchers. But it's okay because you put the cross in there. I'm not joking. In fact, that's right. For all those of you hooked on Amazon, you can even get one for $9.99. And if you're a Prime member, you get free shipping. It's crazy. This is occult paraphernalia, right? Just because you put Christian on it doesn't make it Christian. We saw this with yoga. So-called church is doing yoga, which means to yoke. You're yoking with the Hindu deities, demons. But because I called it holy yoga, it's okay. It's Christian yoga. No, it's not. And it's the same thing. You can sit there and slap a Christian on Dreamcatcher. It doesn't make it Christian. Rather, what you're going to do is get the exact opposite result. Shocker. You're probably going to invite demonic activity. Watch this. You probably own one of these, so what I'm about to say is going to shock you. I've had hundreds of Native Americans confirm that a dream catcher, which is supposed to actually help you by catching your bad dreams and releasing evil thoughts in the morning, in fact does the opposite. It opens the door to demons in your life. Shocker. You use a cult paraphernalia. What do you expect? Right? And again, you wonder why God said what? For our own good. That's, that doesn't, that's, he's being harsh. No, he's not. He's being loving. Jeremiah 27, 9 through 10. Stop it. Knock it off. Chrome translation. Stop listening to your prophets, your diviners, your what? Your interpreters of dreams. Mediums and sorcerers, they prophesy lies to you. So knock it off. Guess what? If you had a dream, you had a dream. You want sure word? Uh, in, in, in your life, you want a clear direction, you want encouragement, you, you want to not have to wonder, maybe could, I don't, you want, right here. That's all you need. You don't need to go somewhere else. Don't listen, knock it off, stop. 
And again, it's not going to be good. They prophesy a lot. You'll be led down. You'll be led astray. You're going to be lied to. Okay? All we need is the Bible. But as you saw there, there was a couple other things that God has on there to stop too. So again, shamanism, they can't get you with the drugs connecting with demons, i.e. marijuana. If they can't get you with the shamanic healing with the other false practices relabeled in the medical community, if he can't get you with false prophets, and if he can't get you with what we just saw, uh, interpreters of dreams, he'll get you with the final two things that God specifically mentioned in Jeremiah, and that is shamanic mediums and sorcerers, okay? And uh, it looks like this guy, who, by the way, is being promoted as a fantastic guy in the media, right? Watch this. Now then, he claims to be uh, a bridge to the spiritual world, promising to free people of negative energy and guide them on their way towards inner peace. And he's got a long list of Hollywood high flyers queuing up for his help. We're very delighted today to welcome Shaman to the Stars, direct Verrett to us, um, out of the studio. And some people might say, you know, work your magic, but this for you is something that you've lived with all your life. From a very young boy, you felt this connection with otherworldly beings. And um, how did that kind of present itself to you when you were a young lad? Um, I was about three years old, looking from my crib, and I could see other beings in the room, such as ancestors and family members that already had passed. And I was able to also see into other people's pain and suffering. So you talk about something, I've got your book here, um, Spirit Hacking. And I have to say, Gwyneth Paltrow here has said, I haven't, he is light on earth, she describes you. So Gwyneth has been, a, is a friend now, but was a client, I suppose you worked with her. We started off as friends. Yeah. Um, she's a family friend. And yeah, I do stuff with Gwyneth. People are frightened of spirits and think, well, this is a strange world. You're talking to a spirit world that a lot of people don't believe in. So how do you convince people about what you do? Well, it's not about convincing. I always love skeptics because they're the best ones to show an, an, ex an experience of what it is. We all experience these things when we were kids, like the monster under the bed, the thing in the closet, but we didn't know what it was. Or why did the hair go up in the back of our neck and why did we have to turn on the nightlight at night? I don't know. I'm thinking if you read the Bible, God tells you exactly why probably some of that activity happens and could be demonic. Do I need you to tell me that? Or tell me that that's a sign that something great's going to happen to you? Excuse me? Notice he said who? What? Hollywood? He's the shaman to the stars. Again, tells you the inspiration of Hollywood and the elites that a lot of people, oh, I just wish I could be like them. No, you don't want to be like them. Right? Uh, but notice what he said. He said the demons started appearing when he was how old? Three. And there were demons because, again, that's not your Aunt Jody. How many guys got an Aunt Jody? Praise God, I picked a neutral name. Anyway, that's right. Uh, so, no, that's, it's a demon. That, that little kid, and that's sad. But in the culture, he was encouraged to keep doing it. Right? Uh, and the reason why uh, that's important. Uh, obviously, in that aspect, he's being honest with his, quote, experience, because shamanism, that's typically when the demons begin to call upon the person they are choosing, the demons are choosing to inhabit, to make them a shaman. And I quote, shamans are said to be born in their role. Sometimes they have uh, marks on them that ordinary people don't have. And they would look upon this as a sign. They're called to be involved in shamanism. They may be born with more bones in their body or more teeth or more fingers than other people. Uh, a person does not become a shaman simply by willing it, for it is not the shaman who summons up the spirits, but they, the supernatural beings, i.e. the demons, who choose him, like the little kid. 
They went after him when he was three. Adolescence marks the points when the spirits begin to take a, a role in the shaman's life. Uh, spirits may cause the chosen to fall into hysterics, to faint repeatedly, to have visions and dreams, to have similar symptoms, okay, and sometimes persisting for weeks. Eventually, in a vision or a dream, the being or beings who have chosen the shaman appear to announce their intentions. This call is necessary for the shaman to acquire his powers. So admittedly, where does he get his power from? Demons. The spirits first, watch this, lavish the unwilling shaman-to-be with all sorts of promises. And I quote, but if he does not go along, and I quote, they go on to torment him. Who does that? That's not Aunt Jody, unless she was a mean lady, right? And since we don't know any Aunt Jodies, we'll go back to the Bible. Who does that? Who torments people? Who messes with people like that? Demons. Let me just give you one easy example. Matthew 17, 14 to 15, 18. And when they came to the crowd, the man came up to him, kneeling before him to Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. Why? Because he has seizures and he what? Suffers terribly. For often he falls into the fire and often in the water. Why? Because he was demon possessed. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the boy was healed instantly. So again, this is what demons do. Now, they don't call it demon possessions. They don't call it uh, 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 demon torment. That's too obvious. Who's going to go along with that program? And I quote, you know what they call this? When, when you resist these demons wanting to inhabit you to make you into a shaman? It's called shaman illness. These torments will, ang uh, will uh, uh, anguish him for months and in some cases for years until they accept the practice of being a shaman. So these people, like that guy, he was probably, well, unless he went along with it right out of the gates, was tormented until he says, I give in to the demons. When the candidate finally gives way, they typically fall asleep, sleep for a long time, three days, seven days. Uh, and during this sleep, quote, the candidate, and this is their words, is cut into pieces by the spirits. They introduce him to supernatural beings, other demons, and he symbolically ascends, this is their term, tree up to the heavens. Basically, now you're going and getting connected with the demons. So again, how does this guy, uh, a, a shaman medium or shaman sorcerer, like that guy, connect and interact with the demon world now that they've been chosen by the demons? And I quote, they communicate directly with the transcendent world, demons, and are believed to be assisted by an active spirit being or a group thereof. So they could be multiply uh, possessed, like the guy that had the legion, a bunch of them, what have you. Uh, there also may be a guardian spirit uh, present in the form of an animal or a person. Uh, after attaining a trance-like state, a shaman is believed to, quote, enter the spirit realm or by acting as a mouthpiece for the spirit being somewhat, quote, like a medium. So now this demon is speaking directly through this shaman. What is that? That's demon possession. Full-on demon possession. How do you get around that, right? And by the way, I just stumbled across this in the research. Guess what? One of the ways they do that. Again, they get in trance-like states, right? Uh, and that's how that opens up the door. The demons come in, they get possessed and all the other stuff. And again, they use drugs, and another one that they use isn't just marijuana, it's alcohol. Uh, and we've talked about this even back in our witchcraft studies. Alcohol is one of the quickest ways the occults will get you there, right? Because, you know, there might be still a little, I don't want to be doing some of these, you know, peyote and mescaline and 
marijuana, but, you know, people... <laughs> but listen to this. This is a Russian sorceress admitting when a person drinks alcohol, what you're setting yourself up for. I didn't say it, she did, so... Does the amount of alcohol matter? Sure. If a person is drunk, he sleeps. He has no control over himself. He loses awareness. So he's already vulnerable. Basically, alcohol lowers vibrations instantly, then it is easier to work. It is easier to attach an entity, and it is easier to take possession of a person's mind. Boy, we, we just keep getting snookered with all these things. They say, ah, it's perfectly fine for you. Other forms of divination that he will connect, the shaman who's now a medium, been chosen by the demons to be a medium or sorcerer. Again, music, songs, dancing, singing, like voodoo. Quote, the playing the instruments to attract the spirits. Crystal gazing, rune smoke interpretation. Making offerings to the spirits of food, drink, tobacco, and other substances, including blood sacrifice. We'll get to that in a second. Sometimes, quote, the spirits are brought inside your body first. So they even it's full-on possession. Uh, drawing the sickness out of a body into an animal or object or symbol. Uh, traveling to another reality to intercede with the spirits, demons, on behalf of a sick person. And they admit, and I quote, this is a direct quote. The interpretation of the messages received during the divination, uh, these things they do to get connected with the demons, is highly subjective and can vary from person to person. Oh, yeah. That's a sure one. In other words, you get to make it up. That's why she said, it could be this, it could be that, it could be this. And they even admit this, I'm not joking, <laughs> quote, thus it is important for the shaman to have a strong sense of an intuition and, direct quote, the ability to interpret symbols and messages, quote, creatively and adaptively. In other words, you got to have a really good imagination because you're going to be making this stuff up. And I'm going to turn to that. That's a direct quote. Or we're sure a word from God. Other divinations include shamanism. They use a pendulum. Okay. From a string or a chain. Swings back and forth. And that's supposed to give you direction. They use tea leaves. You read the patterns of the shape of the uh, formed by the leaves in the cup. Uh, and uh, to receive supposed messages and insights. Scrying mirror, which is another one of the things that, on top of drugs that Nose Hair Domus used, uh, to uh, a surface that will give them visions and things of that nature of the spirit realm. Nature itself, it could be, quote, stones, feathers, shells, to receive messages and guidance from the spirit world, and then they got to interpret them. Quote, the key is to find a tool that resonates with the shaman and allows for deep connection with the spirit realm, including this, they got other paraphernalia that gets them to connect with the demons. In going into a trance, uh, the shaman uses certain objects such as a drum, drumsticks, headgear, a gown, metal rattler, uh, and a mirror or a staff. Good thing we don't see people in the church using... Shamanic practices, including a staff. To... You guys remember this one from Bethel? Watch where their inspiration is coming from. It rhymes with, not God. Okay, let's take a look at this. You know, we're going to do some binding and loosening. And one of the things that I've learned in the last, maybe around 10 years, that apostles have authority 
to make de decrees and declaration and uh, it's something that God gives and I've seen it work in so many practical ways. Well, Pastor Marlene got a prophetic vision right before this event and she saw us doing a prophetic act that was going to be very, very historic. So thank you for hanging in there and staying with us. But I believe that this is a very crucial time. So why don't you share your vision, then we'll do the apostolic decree. Okay, so I am an artist. I told you this. One of the movies that has really touched my heart is Lord of the Rings. Now, everybody understands, if you know Lord of the Rings... Everybody understands what's in my hand. Everybody understands what's in my hand. And during this process, I've been asking God, show me the act. Show me the act. Let me understand what you were saying. Oh, I'm sorry. We have to sit. Well, two things. I think it's important for you to share the vision of Gandalf, putting the stake down because that. Oh, that okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So for those of you who didn't see the movie, so this happens in the fellowship. In the fellowship of the ring. In the fellowship of the ring, at some point, Gandalf stands up and he is in the middle of this, this tomb type of place. And the demon that's been holding court there has, has killed everyone. It's just roaring in front of Gandalf. And Gandalf stands in his authority in front of the demon and says it. The first time he hits it and it doesn't happen. The second time Gandalf does it again and still the demon is not obeying. And at the third time Gandalf puts both of his hands on the staff and he said, I said. And he hits it. And that authority is what we are talking about that can only be released by an apostolic decree. The authority must be given. And that's why I revealed what we heard tonight. So, Amen. is that clear? Yeah. Thank you. So, please stand up with us. So if you can stand because you're standing in authority. Because you're all kings and priests. And all of us, we're an apostolic people. So as an apostolic team, with the authority that God's given to us. We decree and declare that racism will end, it's over, in the ecclesia from this night forward, in Jesus' mighty name. Let's lift it up and bang it. <laughs> Hallelujah! Come on, give him a praise over. I don't know if you guys realize this, but uh, I was wondering, all of a sudden, it seems like something changed after that. Was, uh, racism completely ended in the church because a so-called female pastor, which is unbiblical mistake number one, got a supposed prophetic word from God, mistake number two, that was inspired by a Hollywood movie that has occult practices. Mistake, how many mistakes we have to now? Uh, it, and, but it's okay because it's the Gandalf vision that God told me to tell you. You gotta be kidding me. What is going on? You guys are making this stuff up. Or if you are hearing voices, it ain't from God. This is demonic. Leading the people astray. You know what's gonna end racism? It's when people, number one, get saved. And then you realize from the Bible, not a Hollywood movie, that we're all one in Christ. Neither male nor female, Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, we're all one in Christ. And we all come from Adam. It ain't going to be from 
It's, it's crazy. Let me give you another one, another divination technique, again, not just with the usage of the staff uh, as the divination tool to get the job done. Uh, they also use animal blood sacrifice in shamanism. And uh, as you can see here, and uh, uh, this, well, I wasn't going to show you that, but this one group was, I forget how many thousands of animals they were whacking on, uh, killing for their shamanic sacrifices. Uh, but, quote, the reason why they do is because, quote, spirits may demand some offerings, including blood sacrifice, including not just animal, but sometimes your own. Okay? And they even quote, I'm not joking, women can use their monthly menstruation for blood offerings. Quote, and this is a direct quote from them, not me, listen. If your spirits, demons, demand these sacrifices, you should be very careful with the interpretation. Turn to somebody and say, well, duh. <laughs> right? But hey, good thing that people in the church aren't using shamanic blood ritual practices in the church. I mean, it was one thing for that staff thing. <laughs> yeah, it's called shamanism. I've been working on this. Did, did it fool you? Did it work? No. Yeah, yeah, I do it all the time. You guys are used to it. Remember this one from Kenneth Copeland? Watch what he does. This is blasphemy. Watch this. At the 2020 Southwest Believers Convention, Kenneth Copeland gives a demonstration in Understanding Covenant. They start off by mixing salt in a bag to demonstrate that when you mix two people's salt, it's impossible to know which is which or to separate them. And then it gets just creepy. Now, So, this is your cup. Yes, sir. This is my cup. So, That's the cutting of the covenant. Now, is it just me or is that not a bit freaky? Even includes the drama of the moaning effects. And then I would do the same. Jesus said, take this cup. This is my blood of the new covenant. Yes, Jesus did say that, but he didn't cut his hand and drip blood into the wine. Now we've mixed our blood. Which is his and which is mine. Now our blood has symbolically has been mixed here. Now, and I want you to be this way every time you take communion and you ought to take it a lot, a lot. Mm. Yes, sir. Now his blood mm. is in my body. Yes, sir. It's in there. His blood is mixed with my blood. Can you see it? Yeah, I can see blasphemy in action. 
I could see demonic, shamanic, blood sacrificial behavior and rituals being brought into the church. And people still send this guy money. I'll stand over here while the lightning bolt gets you. Let me give you one more. We'll close. Shamanic medium sorcerer. That's what's wrong. When God says, stop it. Don't listen to these guys. You're going to be led astray and it'll kill you. Keyword there, perish. On this next one. Shamanic medium sorcerers also are looked upon for help in exorcism. Right? Here's one in Korea in action, supposedly helping this boy who's demon possessed. Let's look at their techniques. cowbell or something. That was just too much on that pot, man. That was giving me a headache personally. I don't know going to make no. Are you kidding me? That, that's going to get rid of the demon. How do you get rid of a demon? If you read the Bible, which I highly recommend, and if you stick with it, even if somebody you love was possessed by a demon, God tells you exactly. It's in the name and the authority of Jesus Christ. Case closed. I don't need somebody to dance around acting like they're trying to stab me. <laughs> spitting alcohol, beating on a pan, give me a headache to try to get rid of it. It ain't going to work. It's sad. Now, again, how many guys would say that asking a demon using demonic techniques to try to get rid of a demon probably isn't going to go too well? And again, this is the theme in all seriousness. What did God say? You listen to these entities and there's a good possibility you will perish because that's exactly what happens many times in these shamanic rituals I'll just, we could be here all days with articles i'll just share a couple with you russian boy dies during sh uh, shamanistic exorcism ritual typically it's through suffocation they end up getting choked to death 
or they're on their chest or something, a kid can't breathe or a person can't breathe, and they die. A woman dies in healing ritual. Shaman is guilty. So you went in for healing, and you're dead. You perished, just like God warned about. But again, it's a good thing we don't see this kind of demonic, ritualistic behavior, specifically with exorcisms coming to the church. Yeah. Let me give you a couple of examples from these so-called deliverance ministries. This is why I did the message uh, a few weeks back, this, uh, before we continued with our study here, how to handle <laughs> spiritual warfare. You don't use all these techniques. I don't need to go to a deliverance ministry, right? We dealt with that. But here's what else goes on in these so-called deliverance ministries, right? What's God say? Stand and resist. Two things. In the name and the authority of Jesus Christ and the authority of God's word. That's it. That's all you need to do. Remember last, in that, in that message a couple weeks back, just the one so-called deliverance ministry, 25 things you had to remember in order to get it right. It's nuts. Including that one so-called church that bleh, 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 barfed him up in a bag. Remember that? Because everybody, including the pastors, supposedly had a demon. Yeah. On tape. They don't tell you the other side effect of these so-called techniques. They kill people. I'll just give you a couple examples. In a Milwaukee strip mall, several people gathered around Terrence Cottrell, an eight-year-old autistic child, fervent in their intentions, yet misled in their methods. Members of this deliverance church laid hands on Terrence and began to pray that God would deliver him from evil spirits that they believed were behind his condition. Two hours later, Terrence was dead, wrapped in a sweat-soaked sheet while his mother and several church members frantically tried to revive him. The report, he was suffocated to death. The boy's mother told investigators that the minister held Terrence on the floor with one hand on the boy's head and with his knee pressed into the boy's chest. The mother and another woman had each held one of his legs while a third woman lay across his torso. Oh, we're just getting started. Pentecostal ministers in San Francisco pummeled a woman to death attempting to drive out demons. Because that's, that's what God's word says. You got to beat them and beat them, pump, punch them, punch them to get that demon to come out. <coughs> What did God say? Stop listening to these people. Because it isn't just wrong. They're going to lead you astray and they lie to you. You could perish. Attempting to drive out demons. Quote, a Korean Christian woman was trampled to death in Glendale, California in a so-called exorcism. A five-year-old girl died after being forced to swallow a mixture of ammonia and vinegar in an attempt to drive out an evil spirit. And if you would just stick with the Bible, none of this stuff would ever happen. A 17-year-old girl in Saville, New York, was suffocated with a plastic bag while her mother tried to destroy a demon inside her. A disturbing nature of these tragedies have led many to question the methods of those who practice, quote, deliverance ministry, understatement of the year there, and reveal an ongoing state of confusion in the church regarding who the devil is, what he does, and how he can be stopped. You know why there's confusion? Because you don't read the book. And you go outside the Bible. God told me to tell you I had a dream. I had a vision. Listen, and you make it up as you go. And you reap what you sow. And other people pay the price for it too. Watch this. Amazingly, few in deliverance ministry actually claim, watch this, that their methods and theology derive from what? The Bible. They even admit it. Oh, we're not getting this from the Bible. Quote, sometimes we let our experience determine our theology. Direct quote. And the experiences are often strange enough to make the stodgiest scholar rethink his doctrine, quote, including one woman supposedly expelling demons through flatulence. That's the kindest way to 
say that word. So first it was barfing him up in a bag. Now it's going the other way. Are you serious? And you wonder why the world laughs at us. We get lumped into this. And I quote, another so-called deliverance minister, Kim Daniels, attributes many issues in her deliverance ministry to two key factors. And I quote, this is from her, sympathetic magic, what? And what she say? Charismatic witchcraft. Wow. She admits that there is no direct reference to sympathetic magic in scripture. Duh. And she says, quote, everything can't be put into scripture. Watch how she mocks this. Napoleon sailed across the water, but you can't find that in the word. She also attributes knowledge to special revelations that God has shown her. And guess what? Because these people, hardly anybody ever mentions this. Nobody talks about it. it seems to get swept under the rug. Churches don't even deal with spiritual warfare. They don't even talk about these kind of false teachers and horrible behavior that they're doing in the name of so-called Christianity. It's not. They keep doing it. But you know who reports on it? The world. Because these guys are killing people. Like God said, you will perish. Right? Let me give you a couple recent examples. Still going on today. A blue ribbon now hangs on this door. What authorities say happened behind it has neighbors heartbroken. We would never see it in him that he would ever do something so cruel mm -hmm. to his kids. But it just, it devastates me. Like, it makes my eyes water too. My kids were playing and just, we heard screaming, a man screaming. And from there, we seen um, ambulance come. And after not even two seconds later, they come with the little boy outside. His hands were just dangling. In court documents, Pablo Martinez said he saw something evil in his son and admitted to holding him under hot water in the bathtub for five to ten minutes. He told investigators the water was pouring into the boy's mouth and he noticed the hot water was casting out the demon. Tonight we're learning some new information though regarding that church. Police say they are investigating another incident that happened back in September involving the death of a three-year-old girl. KTVU's Ann Rubin joins us live outside the courthouse with more. Ann? Yeah, according to court documents, the death occurred at that small church on 2nd Street while family members were trying to rid the girl of an evil spirit. In recent months, two crimes have rocked one small San Jose church, leaving members here reeling. Let me tell you, it's very hard as a mother to look at the woman who took your baby. There was the kidnapping of a three-month-old in April, and then last September, a homicide. Both brought police to the doorstep of the Iglesia Evangelicus Apostolis y Profetas. The church operates out of the back room of a house, often posting their sermons on YouTube. But it was a private matter, an exorcism of sorts, court documents say, that resulted in the death of a three-year-old girl. Her mother told police she thought the child was possessed by an evil spirit because, quote, the victim would wake up and scream or cry periodically. Court documents say she brought the child to church, where she and two family members, quote, held the victim around her waist and neck to help her throw up, which she believed would help her get the spirit out. This went on for about 12 hours, leaving the child with injuries around her eyes, face, neck, and chest. The medical examiner says ultimately the child died of asphyxia due to suffocation. All because you strayed from the book 
and you fell for the first lie, God told me to tell you. Prophets for today. These people have special powers. That's shamanism. And what did God say? Do not listen to your prophets, your diviners, your interpreters of dreams, your what? Mediums or your sorcerers. Why? Now let's read the full verse. They not only what prophesy lies to you, but that you listen to them, what will you get? That will only serve to remove you far from the lands. I will banish you and you will what? Perish. You're going to perish. That's exactly what's happening. You know what's ironic as I was watching that video again? The shaman was called when, and typically that's when it happens, early on, when he, he, in his case, he was three years old. And the demons began to pull him into the occult. And then here are people, supposedly to be Christians, whether they realize they're not using shamanic techniques, and it's killing three-year-old children. That's sad. That's ironic. It's like the demons are getting you both ways. They get the ones who aren't Christians when they're young, and then they're killing the other ones through people professing to be Christians. Isn't it sad? That's exactly what the enemy does. John chapter 8, what did Jesus say about Satan? He's a liar, and he's the father of all lies, including this stuff that's going on. This did not come from God. This is not what God says to do. But he's what? He's a murderer. And he's been one from the beginning. That's how evil he is. That's why God says, knock it off. I made it simple for you. You don't have to wonder anymore like in the past. You got everything you need right here. If you just stick with this, you'll be perfectly fine. You'll have all the wisdom you need, all the direction, a sure word. You won't have to wonder. Well, I could maybe. You'll know exactly what you need to do. If you just stick with the Bible. Amen? Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries, and I hope you were blessed with this study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple things that the Bible says. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death? In other words, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and be separated from God for all eternity. This is the great cosmic dilemma. God who is holy and we are not, how can we have a relationship with Him? The two will never mix. Now, to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this, even though God already knows He's God. And so God out of love gave us something called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were not something to just memorize or stick on your wall or give the appearance of being a religious person. The Ten Commandments were God's divine x-ray, if you will, into our heart and soul to reveal this truth that we need to admit. And that is this, that God is holy and that we are not. We are disqualified for heaven. So let's take a look at that divine x-ray that God's trying to get us to realize. Uh, the, the Ten Commandments, the, the ninth one says, you shall not bear false witness. That's lying. Okay. How many guys have ever told a lie? Raise your hand. Okay. Well, if you didn't raise your hand, you just did. You just told a lie because we've all done that. Well, that makes us a liar. The, another Ten Commandments says that you shall not steal. 
don't ever take anything without permission. How many of you guys uh, have ever done that? Well, you guys already said you're a bunch of liars. All of our hands should have went up on that one. And for being honest, God already knows. Folks, we've all taken something. We've stolen something, right? That makes us a thief. Another Ten Commandments says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. He's not just holy. Even His name is holy. Hey, folks, let's be honest. If you can believe it, even the name of Jesus Christ uh, has been turned into a common cuss word. Well, the Bible says that's a sin of blasphemy. Now we're a, a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus said, here's His standard. Uh, uh, even if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you committed adultery in your heart. Wow, so now we're an adulterer. The Bible says you shall not murder. And you might think, well, hey, at least I haven't done that one. Really? Again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred, wishing somebody was dead, okay, that, that's the same thing. Uh, it's akin to the sin of murder. It's just you pulled the trigger in your heart, but God sees the heart. Hey, folks, that's just five out of ten. How are you doing? You still think you're going to get to heaven on your own? You still think that you're qualified, that you're holy like God, and you could bridge the gap and have a relationship with Him forever? I don't think so. I mean, what did we just see? You're going to stand before God, and so am I. We all are. And we're going to have to give an account for who we are. Hey, hey, God, let me in. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a liar. I, I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer. I'm an adulterer. I'm a murderer. And the Scripture is very clear, folks. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of God. We're in trouble. But folks, here's the good news. The Bible says that if we would just admit that, that's the first step to admit that God is holy, that I'm not, I'm disqualified for heaven, I need a Savior, if we would admit that and then ask for the Savior to save us. That, that's what God was doing with Jesus. God gave us His Son, Jesus Christ. He took the death penalty in our place so that we could be completely forgiven of everything we've ever done and be made holy through Jesus so that we can now have a relationship with God both here and now and forever in heaven. We can become qualified. The word that the Bible uses is a word called pardon, that God is willing to pardon us of all of our sins and crimes that we've committed against Him and disqualified us, that disqualified us for heaven, right? And we've actually seen this work in real life. Uh, for instance, uh, there's been people who have committed crimes, gone to court, the gavel's been passed, the judges said, hey, listen, we all know you're guilty, uh, you even admit you're guilty, and uh, for your crimes, you're going to not just jail, you're going to await uh, in jail to go to the death penalty. And did you know that there actually is a way that somebody could get off of death row? It's called a pardon. The one in the authority, the governor, can grant what's called a pardon for that person's crimes, and they literally can go free. Not because of something they did, because the deeds are already done, you can't undo it. Not because of they tried to clean up their act while they were stuck in the jail cell, because that doesn't change anything. But simply out of mercy, the person who has the authority can give them a pardon, and they can go free. And did you know it's actually on historical record that there have been people who have been granted a pardon from the death penalty, and they've refused to take it. And so even though the offer was there to be set free, they themselves still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, in a nutshell, that's what God's doing every single day with all of us this side of heaven. While you still have breath, you still have an opportunity to receive God's pardon. He's willing to forgive you of all your sins if you would just receive His pardon through Jesus Christ. 
Again, that's what he was doing on the cross. The cross was the death penalty of the day. But since we weren't there, and since we can't earn it, it's a gift from God, you have to receive that by faith. Reach out even today from your own spiritual jail cell, if you will, and say yes to Jesus and God's pardon so that you can be set free and go to heaven. The Bible says that if you will confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the grave, you will be saved. Hey folks, if that's you, don't delay. You may not even have tomorrow. Today could be your last day. Please accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Confess with your mouth He is Lord. Believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the grave, and the Bible says you will be saved. Well, this has been Billy Crone of Gill Life Ministries. If there's anything that we could do for you, our information and, and number will come up here shortly. And please don't hesitate to contact us. But remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.